Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode 52 in Be With Me uh, uh, of the book of 2 Corinthians. This is a summary of the book of 2 Corinthians in seven minutes. And we're going to title today the message, messenger, and method that Paul uses for the Corinthians. Chapter one is all the promises of God find their yes in him. So he starts with the message um, and he's going to recall these people back to reconciliation and humility and good behavior and all the things that the gospel uh, asks. Chapter two is he says, we work with you for your joy. The whole point of this is that Paul and his associates are working with the people for their gain, for their upbuilding. Uh, it's important for them to have authority and good good motivated authority. And so that's what he says, we are working with you for your joy. But the road to joy is paved with some pain and grievousness. And I've written a previous letter that has grieved you and there's been some tears, but there's a call here to turn to forgive, which is of course one of the hardest tests and not the hardest tests. He says that we are the aroma of Christ to people that are at the pointy end of spiritual conviction. And the great question in chapter two is, who is sufficient for the for these things? And the answer, of course, is nobody. But then chapter three, he says that if you're called to this as an apostle or a preacher or as a Christian, we will be commissioned and capable and confident and competent. So if we're called, we're going to be made ready for it. Therefore, I'm going to be bold, at least on one hand. We'll talk about that in a second. Chapter 4, then, he says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. So the treasure, of course, is the message. The jars of clay is the messenger, knowing that he is going to raise us with Jesus, knowing that he's going to bring us with you into his presence. So this is this this great thing, is he's going to use jars of clay to bring this incredible a treasure. That's the good news. The bad news is on the other side, and this goes all the way through the lo- the letter, is that there's this this unseen enemy, these are these imposters who are commending themselves disgracefully and underhandedly and tampering with God's word. Uh, so this is not done in rainbows in a puppy land. It's done in an area of of conflict. There's kind of a war at stake. In fact, he even calls it that later. Chapter five, he says, we have this tent, this earthly tent, and we're groaning in it right now because there's this building for God, which is eternal and permanent in 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 the heavens. Uh, but in the meantime, he's he's left us here, and what we are is known to God, and He gives us these jars of clay from chapter four. He gives us this ministry of reconciliation uh, into our our fallen tented, groaning world. We are ambassadors to that world. Chapter 6, he reminds us that in a day of salvation, he has helped us and will help us. And he meets us in the turning of to repent when we turn to forgive. He warns, don't be unequally yoked. And he describes his heart again, which comes through throughout this letter, is my heart is wide open towards you. And eventually he says, make room in your hearts for us as well. Chapter 7, godly grief. He talks about godly grief, and that is repentance that leads somewhere. It leads to salvation rather than just being uh, sorry. 
chapter 8 and chapter 9 goes into this financial topic, and he says to excel in the grace of giving, that your giving might be ongoing and voluntary and pleasing and effective. And though the, he, who, he or she who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. And give as you decide, for the Lord loves, and here it is, famous verse, God loves a cheerful giver. And he's enriched us in every way to be generous. That is to reflect the generosity that he started with and that he gives us. All right, chapter 10, he starts his, uh, what I call his master class of authority. That is, he says, I am entreating you by meekness and the gentleness of Christ. So Paul puts on this cloak of, of humility uh, over his boldness. And the reason was that those who have lost their way can best hear in whispers sometimes. We talked about Caesar Milan and the, the dog whisperer to bring that point home. That is his authority properly utilized is to build you up. He talks about that multiple times. It's not to destroy you. It's to build you up. His, he keeps calling uh, people to this this area of influence. Uh, then in chapter 11, he talks about the enemy very formally. It's a whole chapter about the, su- the so-called super apostles, which are not the real apostles. They're not super. They're not uh, apostles they're, uh, as we know them, as that which is messengers of Jesus. In fact, they're servants of Satan. They're really bad guys. They're not just sort of bad guys. They're disguised and beguiling and deceiving versus Paul, who is putting himself, uh, putting him forth as as humble as this parent. He's got this parental anxiety for the the the, the pain of his children, his spiritual children, which of course are the, are the children here. Then chapter twelve, he can he continues this this master class on authority, and he says that I'm going to boast in weakness. I was giving, given a painful thorn in my flesh to keep me to conceit that I will not, um, so I will most gladly spend and be spent for your souls. And the Lord gives him an assurance in chapter 12, which is one of the highlights of the whole book, where he says that even though I'm, I'm giving you this, this thorn and I'm not going to take it away, even by repeated prayer, he says, my, prayer, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness, which is probably why Paul is emphasizing over and over again, I'm going to uh, take this, um, I'm going to hide the authority, I'm going to hide the boldness, I'm going to hide the power, if you will, by my humility and meekness and weakness, which is what Christ did. Why? So you can better hear it. So I'm chapter 13, I'm I'm an apostle and I'm trying to be like Christ and my ultimate power is going to try to be like Christ, which is, remember, Christ was crucified in weakness, so I'm going to be meek and weak so that you will be better hear my message. It's not that I'm not fully authorized and can be fully bold in, at, at, at some times, but I'm using this meekness and weakness so that the message of Christ and the messenger, which is me, that the method doesn't get in the way. So those are kind of the three things. There's this message and messenger and method in this book. 
emphasize the love of Christ, the humility of the messenger and the passion with which he has and his anxiety for the churches. Thank you for listening to 2 Corinthians. Join me tomorrow in the book of Romans. May heaven help us.